You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the book of Genesis in chapter 40. I'm going to be reading pretty much the entire chapter this morning, and I'm on page 47 of the Pew Bibles in the Old Testament, if you would like to follow along with today's reading. Joseph is in prison, and sometime later, the king of Egypt's wine steward and his chief baker also offended the king. The king was angry and sent with these two officials and put them in prison in the house of the captain of the guard in the exact same place where Joseph was being kept. They spent a long time in prison, and the captain assigned Joseph as their servant. One night there in prison, the wine steward and the baker each had a dream, and the dreams had different meanings. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were upset, and he asked them, Why do you look so worried today? And they answered, each of us had a dream, and there is no one here to explain what the dreams mean. But Joseph said, it is God who gives the ability to interpret dreams. And so tell me your dreams. So the wine steward said, in my dream, there was a grapevine in front of me with three branches on it. As soon as the leaves came out, the blossoms appeared and the grapes ripened. I was holding the king's cup, so I took the grapes and squeezed them into the cup and gave it to him. Joseph said, this is what it means. The three branches are three days. In three days, the king will release you, pardon you, and restore you to your position. You will give him his cup as you did before when you were his wine steward. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation of the wine steward's dream was favorable, he said, I had a dream too. I was carrying three bread baskets on my head. In the top basket, there were all kinds of baked goods for the king, and the birds kept eating them. Joseph answered, this is what it means. The three baskets are three days. In three days, the king will release you and have your head cut off. Then he will hang your body on a pole and the birds will eat of your flesh. Sweet dreams. On his birthday, three days later, the king gave a banquet for all his officials. He released the wine steward and his chief baker and brought them before his officials. He restored his wine steward to his former position, but he executed the chief baker. It all happened just as Joseph had said. But the wine steward never gave Joseph another thought. He forgot all about him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you, O God, are our rock, and you are our redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. Over the past couple of weeks, I have been listening to an audio version of some young adult um, uh, literature books called The 39 Clues. And The 39 Clues center around these two um, orphans, Dan and Amy Cahill, and they are traveling the world collecting these clues because the clues promise to make the person that assembles all of them the most powerful people in the world. 
I'm seven books in. I'm really enjoying it so far. The story kind of holds up. There are definitely certain reminders in these books that these are young adult books and not, you know, Pastor Clay books because there are things that are in there that I would have found funny as a middle schooler and some things in there that I still find funny as a not middle schooler, but that says more about me than it does the books. But the one thing I've noticed in this series is that it falls into the same trope as other epic quest stories can. Things are going along great. Things are getting ticked off. Everything's going fine. And then the main character or the main characters end up stuck. They're lost. They don't have a clue. And then the story starts to drag until out of nowhere, something that has a one in a million chance of happening and sends them in the right direction happens. At the end of book six in the 39 clues, Dan and Amy Cahill are given kind of a weak hint about where to go next. And they go to that place and it doesn't work out and the story starts to stall. And then out of nowhere, a mysterious cab driver comes and hands Dan, the youngest child, <coughs> a business card that just isn't a business card. It has some strange writing on it. And that strange writing is the clue to the next thing that they have to look for. The clue propels them forward to the rest of the story. A one in a million chance of this random person finding this random guy on this random street happens. The stars absolutely align. And what I find so interesting is that a one in a million chance of the stars aligning just perfectly is the only hope that Joseph has left. In our scripture this morning, Joseph has found a spot in his story where his story is starting to stall. And there is no path forward for him that seems even feasible. He is in prison when we meet him in scripture. He has been falsely accused of some grave misconduct by his master's wife, and he is in prison. And by the way, the only reason why he's in prison and not dead is because his master likes him. Or at least he likes the prosperity he enjoyed when Joseph was in charge of everything. But for the time being, Joseph is stuck. For the time being, Joseph's dreams of greatness are laying dormant. And for the time being, it seems as though nothing is going to change that, barring a miracle. And then guess what happens? A miracle. Two of Joseph's cellmates have these strange dreams that they can't understand. And they just so happen to be with a cellmate that can interpret dreams. What are the odds? One in a million? Kind of feels like it. The two need someone to talk about and their only option is Joseph. And in the midst of his despair, in the depth of this dungeon, Joseph now has a choice to make. Joseph has a choice to make. He could take the path of telling his cellmates this cautionary tale. 
He could say, okay, cool, you had these dreams, but just wait till you hear what happened to me because I had a dream once and now I'm here. Joseph could have warned them. Joseph could have told them to just shush and not talk about their dreams ever again for their own protection. God, uh, Joseph had been given two God-given dreams, and all it got him was chastised by his family, beaten and left for dead, sold into slavery, and jailed. Joseph could have used this moment to teach them to just let those dreams stay. Or Joseph could have responded out of absolute frustration and said, I cannot handle one more conversation about dreams. Don't mention it to me. Or, or Joseph could have seen this opportunity for what it actually was. Joseph could have seen this for what it actually is, and that is an opportunity. It is an unfortunate opportunity based on where they are, and it's an unfortunate opportunity based on what he's going to have to tell the baker about his dream, but it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. It's a divine appointment for Joseph to use his particular set of skills to the glory of God and for the good of those around him. Even in the depth of his own despair, even in the depth of his own suffering, Joseph has this chance to do something good. And in the mercy and in the wisdom of God, Joseph sees the scenario for what this is and does indeed hear them out. He says to them, it is God who gives the ability to understand dreams. Tell me all about it. Joseph knows that God has given him this gift of spiritual vision. And since he can't go anywhere else, he might as well hear them out. And Pharaoh's servants share their dreams. And Joseph delivers the meaning. The wine steward would be restored to his position and the baker would be put to death. And three days later, it all comes to pass, just as God revealed and just as Joseph reported. And we see, just as we saw with last week, everything Joseph touched ended up working out. Everything that Joseph touched ended up being as it should have been. I mean, maybe not for the baker, but at least Joseph wasn't wrong. What Joseph decides to do on that day, what Joseph decides to do in that moment by hearing those dreams and telling the truth does everything to prove who he is. There is no guarantee that this is going to improve his position. There is no guarantee it's going to move his story forward. But Joseph stands in his integrity and uses his spiritual gifts, uses the spiritual vision to the glory of God. And what I find so interesting is that no one would have blamed Joseph for just telling the, the two cellmates no. Nobody would have blamed him if he would have just said, I can't deal with this, deal with it yourself. But while he waited for his own dreams to come true, he interpreted the dreams of others. 
While he waited for his own dreams to come true, he interpreted the, the dreams of others. He did not wait for the conditions to be ideal. He did not wait for his situation to change. He simply saw an opportunity and used his gifts. What I find so interesting is that Joseph is just like us. We have been given spiritual gifts too. God has entrusted us with abilities, and God has entrusted us with a design that we would use them to do good and to glorify God. Maybe it's the gift of dreams like Joseph, or maybe it's the gift of hospitality, or the gift of teaching, or the gift of mercy, or the gift of swinging a hammer. No matter what our spiritual gifts are, God will give us opportunities to use them. Whether we are ready or not, whether the time is right or not, whether we want to or not, whether we feel like we're the right person for the job or not. And then just like Joseph, we will have a choice to make. We can respond as Joseph did in a variety of ways. Maybe we'll think the opportunity that God has for us is great and we can see the value in it. Or maybe we will see it as a colossal waste of time. But what we will find is this. We will find that the time is always right for us to use our spiritual gifts. The time is always right for us to use our spiritual gifts. Joseph used his gift of spiritual vision in the midst of jail, and it didn't benefit him a bit. But do you think that he regretted it? I don't envy the opportunity to tell someone that they're about to die in three days. Like, that's, I I don't want that. But Joseph did it without regret. In our own lives, and our own stories, when we do stuff, there is a little bit of an expectation that it will help us in some way. But Joseph didn't have that. Joseph had his own heart. Joseph had this desire to follow God faithfully. And Joseph found that serving God and using his skills were always worth it. The punchline to this story, the the, the payoff to this story happens a few years later. That's right, years. Joseph is in prison for all of this time and it ends up being years. In mere days, Joseph interpreted these dreams. The baker died and the wine steward was restored. And then did you hear what happened next? The wine steward forgot Joseph. Never thought of him again. For two years. And then Pharaoh had a dream that he couldn't understand. Pharaoh's own story started to stall. He started to feel stuck. Pharaoh needed a hint, a clue. He needed something. And that's the moment that the steward reminded, was reminded of Joseph. And that is the moment that Joseph is reminded that he did the right thing. The time is always right for us to use our spiritual gifts because we never know what God is going to do next. Would you pray with me? 
Holy God, we just give you thanks for the opportunity to use our gifts. We give you thanks to you for being the giver of all gifts, for reminding us of who you are, and, by, and, 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 and we're doing that by reminding us of the abilities that we've been given by you. As we go through life, life is not always fun, life is not always easy, and we don't even always know what we're supposed to do next. But even then, you've got us, God, because you will show us. You will present us with opportunities. Give us the strength of courage. Give us the strength of our character in the same way that you gave Joseph to respond and live faithfully. In your name we pray. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.